I'll tell you, I love it when the kids come up here and sing. I was waiting for one of them to break out dancing, though. Uh, that's typical. I was just waiting on it. I, but I'll tell you, I always love, love it when the kids get together and uh, they do a Christmas musical. And uh, if you have kids, uh, we'd love to invite them to come to the children's choir and be a part of it. Uh, they always do such a fantastic job. So I thought tonight my message would just kind of go along uh, with what the kids have talked about uh, this evening and talk about the colors of Christmas. And when you think about the colors of Christmas and the five colors that they talked about tonight, they're all over the place at Christmas time. The first one being white. Uh, you think about it, you see white everywhere. You see it in the lights that are on the tree. You may see it in the porcelain nativities. There's all kinds of things that are dressed up in white. We also see gold everywhere with wrapping paper and bows and chains that are given out. And so we see this color everywhere at Christmas time as well. Green, we have our trees, our wreaths, the mistletoe. With blue, there's ornaments, cards, and colored lights. With red, there's bows, holly berries, and Santas. And you see these colors all throughout. But I want you to understand why these colors are so important. And we think about the life of Jesus Christ. Each one of these colors can also represent that happened, something that happened in his life. And so we want to take just a quick look, a quick glance at some of these. The first one we want to look at, the first color is white. And this represents his birth to a virgin. If you read Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23, it says this, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God with us. And you think about that, a lot of people say, well, why is that such an important statement? Why is that phrase, why is that verse so important? And why is it important that he had to be born to a virgin? Well, there's a couple of reasons why. A lot of people don't realize this, but we've talked about this on Sunday morning. Our sin nature is represented in our lives each and every day. But have you ever wondered where our sin nature comes from? You ready for this? comes from your daddies. Oh, man, are you serious? That's where it comes from. It comes from our daddies. In fact, that's what Scripture teaches us, that our sin nature was passed down to us from the very first father of them all, Adam. And so we have a sin nature just because of our father. So Jesus being virgin born meant, guess what? He didn't have an earthly father, and therefore he did not have a sin nature. So that's why the virgin birth is so important when we talk about it. Now, a lot of people will try to tell you, well, we just disagree with it. We don't believe in that. You know, that's just, that's just a made-up story. Well, it is interesting that, that there are several verses that reference this, and there goes one all the way back to the book of Isaiah, chapter 7, that references that a virgin would bear a child. And I know that scientifically that seems impossible, but when has God ever had to agree with science? Faith can trump science anytime God wants to. Why? Because he's wiser and greater than all those things. And so we have this virgin-born child, and the reason being is so that he could come and be sinless and therefore die for our sins. But that's the beginning. When we think about this, it is so important for us to recognize he is God with us. Now that happens because he is the son of God. Now it's interesting because when Mary is approached about this in the book of Luke, she asks the question, she says, how can this be for I have not known a man? She makes it pretty clear. Lord, I know how it happens. I know what's got to take place, but you have done this for me. In fact, Luke tells us that the Holy Spirit placed the child upon her so that we might have the virgin birth. In other words, when we celebrate Christmas, we recognize that this is the child of God that was given to us as a precious gift from the Lord. 
The second color we talk about is the color gold. You find this in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 11 where it says this, And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, whose mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Now it's always interesting. How many of you have nativity scenes at home? Anybody have nativity scenes? All right. I'm going to ask you a quick question. What is in your nativity scene? You ever thought about that? Now, of course, we got to have baby Jesus in the nativity, right? And we're going to have Joseph back there. And we're going to have Mary back there, right? And then we'll have the shepherds in there. And we'll have the animals in there. How many of you have wise men with gifts in there? Oh, do you know they weren't there for a couple of years? Do you know that they're not in the nativity? Now, wait a minute, but it looks good, right? Because we got... Three more cats up there with gifts passing out to Jesus, right? But the problem is, is they didn't come until a couple of years later. In fact, they had to follow a star a long way to get there. And it says that they came into the house where Mary was, all right? So she's not in the manger anymore. She's in a house when they come. But what's interesting are the gifts that they bring. If you've ever thought about that, these gifts represent something. The gold is something that's really unique. Now, you might say, well, I would love it if somebody presented gold to me. I would too. All right, but gold actually was a gift that was given to royalty. Now, Jesus wasn't just any king. He was the king of kings. So this was a gift fit for a king. So when they brought gold to him, it represented his royalty. When they brought frankincense, a lot of people don't recognize this, but this was an incense. It was kind of a perfume that was used in a lot of cases where it was a priestly gift. It was used when they would make sacrifices Jesus would be our high priest. Now you might say, well, why does that matter? Well, we have one who is an advocate that goes before us to the Father. That's why it's important to have a high priest. So when they gave frankincense, they recognized his priestliness. Now myrrh, this is the unusual one because the other two, Mary and them could understand. But myrrh, you ready for this, was a burial spice. And why would you give a burial spice to a baby? You say, well, they were holding it for the future. Well, of course they were, but it also represented the whole reason why Jesus came. You see, Christmas is just the beginning, but Easter is the end of that story. And that's why the whole point of Christmas is to recognize why Jesus came in the first place. So gold represents those gifts that were brought to him on that day that also represented what was going to take place many, many years later. Well, let's look at the third color that we come across. The third one is green. All right. This is found in Luke chapter 2 and verse 52. And Luke 2 and verse 52, it simply says this. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. It represents he grew into a man. Now, this is interesting because you've got to think about this. He was on this earth for what we say 33 years. In fact, we kind of attribute that from the time he started his ministry at 30 years old. We attribute it by the Passovers that he went through during his ministry, which at most Jesus would have been about 33 years old at his death. But here's the point. He lived in this world for 33, 33 and a half years, however long you want to face it. But the point is, is he lived it with sinlessness. He never failed. He was tempted according to Scripture. It says he was tempted in all accounts, and yet he never once failed. 
Now, the reason why it's important for us to recognize is because without him being sinless, his sacrifice would have been useless. But he grew. He grew in stature and he grew in favor with men and with God. Now, it's interesting. A lot of people say, well, how did he grow in favor with man? Because was it not man who put him on the cross? The answer is, yes, it was. But you think about throughout history how Jesus has grown in favor with man. You think about he is the one who has transformed and changed all of history because of the sacrifice that he made. He grew in favor with God. Now, it's interesting. A lot of people say, well, wait a minute. Wasn't he God? The answer is yes. And that neat to think about. We're not going to get into the Trinity tonight. We'll talk about that another night. But you think about this, that he grew in favor with God. It's simply because he was fulfilling the will of God when he came in flesh so that he might die for your sins and mine. So when we think about the color green, we can think about the growth that took place in the life of the Messiah. What about blue? Well, blue is found in Luke chapter 22 and beginning in verse 41. It simply says this, And he was withdrawn with them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as if it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. You ever thought about when you tell somebody, man, you sure do look blue? What does that mean? It means they look down, right? They, they look like they're in, in pain. They look like they're in need. When we call somebody blue, we talk about a difficult time they're going through in their lives. Do you understand that when Jesus was going to the cross, that was a difficult time for him? you got to understand what he knew he was getting ready to take on. He was getting ready to take your sins and my sins and the sins of the entire world. And he knew that when he became sin, the father would turn his back on his son. Can I tell you something? What's unique about that is that, yes, God forsook the son. But because he forsook the son, he will not forsake us. Because he took our payment. Because he took our punishment. you got to understand, he also knew the physicality of what was coming. I don't know if any of you guys have ever hung on a cross before, have you? Uh, all right, and I'll tell you, you ought to try this sometime. Just go up there and lift your hands up like this sometimes. And just hold them up there as long as you can. And just think about that. Just, just holding your arms up like this, it will eventually begin to cut off circulation. And it will also cut off oxygen. And so you might have to kind of lift up to help yourself out to breathe. He knew exactly the excruciating pain that he was going to go through on the cross. It was not easy. In fact, as Jesus prayed, it said that great sweat drops like blood poured from his head. You know that that's actually a medical condition where you can be so stressed over something that the capillaries in your forehead can burst and mix in with your sweat glands and it'll look like blood is dripping out of your forehead. He was under immense stress knowing this, that what he was getting ready to go through for you and for me. And yet, guess what? He says, Father, if you could, but take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, what? Not my will, but your will be done. So we think about blue. We can think about what Jesus knew he was going to face and what he was going to go through. Well, the final color we're going to look at tonight is red. And the passage I want to read for this is found in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 12 to 14. It says, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Man, could you think about if, if we were still 
having to sacrifice animals for our sins. If we were still having to go to a priest and have them sacrifice an animal. Now literally this is what they had to do. When animals were brought into the temple, what they would do is they'd lay their hand on the animal's head. The priest would come and he would slit the animal's throat. And he would bleed out the animal right there. And the whole purpose behind that was the transference of sin to that animal. That animal was paying for the sin. Now some of you might say, well that, that seems a little graphic. Well, you need to understand how graphic it truly is. When Jesus was on the cross, it says, if we put our hands on him and he was killed for our sins. Every one of us. So when we think about red, we think about the blood that flowed from the cross. And a lot of people say, well, the Bible says that without remission of sins, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. That's true. But when it talks about the shedding of blood, it's not just talking about a few drops. It's talking about him giving his life's blood for you and for me. He died on that cross so that we might be set free. Again, the manger is always pointing to the cross, which eventually points to the tomb, which is empty. Now think about the blood. It was one-time sacrifice. In other words, this was finally the perfect sacrifice. There was no more need for any more. It was paid. It was finished. So we think about the color red. Let's think about the blood that was shed for you and for me. You know, when we partake of the Lord's Supper, we're going to be taking of that in a couple of weeks. You know, when you think about the blood, you need to think about where it flowed from. First, it flowed from his face where he had been pummeled, but he also had a crown of thorns that was placed on his head. You ever thought about that? Now, when we see thorns today, they're about that big. But in Israel, the thorns were about that big. They're very large. And not only did they place it on his head, but then it talks about how they beat him on the head with the rods. Now, this is why the crown was on there. So these thorns are piercing into his skull. The blood is flowing from his head. We also know that when Jesus went to the cross, he had been beaten with a cat of nine tails. If you want to know pain, try that. 39 lashes, a lot of people say, because the Jews were only allowed to give 40. Well, here's the thing. It wasn't the Jews that were beating Jesus. It was the Romans, so they could give him as many as they wanted. You see, that cat on tails would actually dig into the flesh, and it would rip it off. In fact, it could be so gruesome that they could actually hit organs and kill them instantly from that. Jesus bore that. Then he carried his cross. As he carried his cross after they got him there, they then nailed him to the cross through his hands and his feet. And a lot of people say, well, we're at in the hands. Well, it was the wrist. This whole part was considered the hand. It was right there. And what happens when you nail through that, there's a nerve there. And it pierces through and it causes immense pain. It's almost like, how many of you guys have ever hit your funny bone? Anybody ever hit your funny bone? That's not really funny, is it? Not at all. Imagine the pain being far worse than hitting your funny bone, and it's consistent and constant because of the nerve that's there. Nailed through. Both legs would have been crossed. One nail went through both legs. Here's the thing. Not only was the blood flowing from his hand and his feet, but every time Jesus was there on a cross, when he would have to get a breath, he would have to push up on that nail. Every time. Well... That's not the only place he bled from. It says that they pierced him in his side too. Took a spear and jabbed it through. A lot of people said, well, wait a minute. It says that blood and water flowed out. Well, yeah, that's exactly what happened. And you say, well, how did that happen? Well, it's real simple. The crucifixion will cause this case where fluid builds up around the heart and it looks like water. So water comes out along with the blood. 
You see, you say, well, why are you bringing all this up? Because it's Christmas. Well, that's because the greatest gift that was given to you was given to pay for your sins so that you could have the greatest gift of all, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, they read this verse right here, and this verse is so true. It's one of the sweetest verses in all of Scripture. We think about John 3.16. Most people can quote that verse. The recognition is understanding what it really took. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. How did he give him? He gave him so that he might go to the cross for you and me. He gave him not as just a little baby, but he gave him knowing the pain that he would live through and go through so that your sins and my sins could be forgiven. So when we think about the colors of Christmas, when we think about this, we can think about the entirety of the life of Christ. We can think about that precious gift that was given to us so that we might live eternally. That's what it's all about. So this Christmas, when you focus on the baby, that's great. But remember why he came. Remember what he was here for and remember what he has done for you. So when we think of the colors of Christmas, and even tonight, I hope and pray that as these kids sang, and they did a fantastic job, did a fantastic job with all of their speaking parts. The soloists did a great job. But when you think about what these kids presented tonight, they want to tell you the story of Jesus. And the great thing about it is, because I can see it in their faces, is because they love him. And they want you to love him too. They want you to know the one that they know. Well, my prayer tonight is that's exactly what you get from this tonight. You get it from these kids. You get it from me. That Christmas, yes, it is all about a babe. But it's about what the purpose of that babe was meant for. So that we might have eternal life.